Let's pray as we come to consider the question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Let's pray. Father, we've just been singing that we're here to bring you more than a song. And just now we're here to bring our ears and our hearts and our minds before your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us this morning. And we ask that you give us hearts to believe what you tell us. And Lord, I just pray this morning that we would each leave here knowing that you really are a God who is for us. Encourage our hearts, we pray, because we need it. Encourage us, we pray this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. My doctor told me this week that I suffer from paranoia. I think, I think someone paid her to say that. Oh, terrible. Anyway, I thought I'd research it a bit more, so I went to the library and I said, excuse me, can you tell me where the books are on paranoia? The librarian said, they're right behind you. No. I called the paranoia hotline. The guy answered the phone and said, how'd you get this number? Dreadful, okay, terrible jokes. But all joking aside, I mean, paranoia is something that we do all struggle with sometimes, isn't it? There was actually a survey done recently in the UK with a lot of people surveyed, and 21% of people really believed that people were out to get them. We live in a society where people are paranoid, and even we at times are paranoid. And my guess is that many of us who are Christians, many of us who are followers of Jesus, sometimes we are paranoid about God. Sometimes my guess is that we think to ourselves, I wonder is God out to get me? I wonder is God looking for a way to trip me up? I wonder is God against me? And the reason you might think that is because you know yourself. Maybe you're aware of the sin in your life and you think, do you know what? God knows my sin uh, and maybe he's after me or against me because of it. Or maybe your life isn't going very well just now. Maybe you're having a time in life where everything feels like it's against you, where everything is falling apart. And you question, I wonder, is this God against me in some way? Or maybe you're struggling with your mental health. Maybe you're facing depression. Maybe this is just a really low time in your life and you can't seem to get out of it. And you're questioning, God, are you doing this to me? Are you against me? I think we all at times have a little bit of God paranoia. I think we all at times wonder if the problems we're facing or the opposition we're facing or the the difficulties we're going through is God against us. Well, if you, like me, suffer from this type of paranoia from time to time, just look at the incredible, amazing, life-changing words of Paul in verse 31 of Romans 8. Look what he says there in black and white. God is for us. God is for us. Hear that this morning. Digest that this morning. Let that sink in this morning. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, if you've put your trust in Jesus, if you've been adopted into God's family, then God is for you. He's for you today. He's for you right now. If you're a forgiven sinner, then God is for you. God is like a mother or a father for his child. He's for you in that way. 
He's on our side. He's working on our behalf. He's cheering us on. He's for us. This morning, if you're a child of God, I want you to leave this morning having this one thing tattooed on your brain. God is for you. If you're paranoid this morning, if you've got that God paranoia, this is the cure. These words from Romans 8 are the cure. God is for you. I want you to take a second, just let that sink in. Sometimes I worry that, that as Christians, we're so familiar to hearing stuff like this, we don't let it sink in. We don't let, really let it hit home. I want you to pause for a second and just, just get your head around this. The God of the universe is for you. The God who, who made the mountains is for you. The God who laid the ocean floor is for you. The God who threw a hundred billion stars into a hundred billion galaxies with just a toss of his hand. That God is for you. Little old you. I look at the tense of Paul's words. Notice the tense. It's the present tense. It's the here and now tense. Paul says God is for you. He is for you. That means right now. Paul doesn't say, listen, God was for you. He was for you a few years ago when you were on fire for him. He was for you a few years ago when you were living really faithfully for him. He was for you when you were upbeat in your Christian life. Paul doesn't say he was for you back then when maybe spirits that you were doing better. No, Paul says he is for you right now. And it's not a future tense. He doesn't say, listen, Christian, God will be for you if you get your act sorted out. He doesn't say that he will be for you if you get things sorted in your life. Paul says that God is for you right now. See whatever you're going through this morning. See whatever doubts you have this morning. See whatever difficulties you're facing. See whatever depression you're struggling with. See whatever little faith you have. Whatever your situation this morning, however you're doing this morning, whatever is going on in your life this morning, Paul says that God is for you right now. Now, I think one of the problems with hearing this as adults is that we kind of think this is something nice we tell the kids, isn't it? Children, God's on your side. We have songs, kids' songs about this, don't we? God is on your side. God is for you. And it's something that we teach our children. And it's something we want them to believe. But yet it's something as adults we, we struggle with. We struggle to grasp or we struggle to believe or we struggle not to doubt. And why do we struggle? Well, there's two reasons we struggle to believe it. The first reason we struggle to believe that God is for us is because of our sin, because of our failure. You see, as adults, we know how messed up we are. We know our own faults. We know our own failures. And we wonder, how on earth could God be for someone like me? Someone so flawed, someone who makes a mess of things so much of the time. 
And then the second reason why we doubt God is for us is because as adults, we go through really difficult times. Life is not easy. Life is hard. We face things that we wish we never had to face. We go through things that we wouldn't wish on anybody else. Life gets really, really hard as adults. And we think to ourselves, how can I believe God is for me when when he's letting me face all of this? I think we doubt this. I think we struggle with this. We're happy to teach it to the kids, but we struggle to believe it for ourselves. So here's the question. How can we know that God really is for us? How can we know that he's for us despite our sin and our failure? How can we know that he's for us even though we're going through difficulties? Well, there is a false gospel, and this false gospel says you can know God's for you if you're happy, healthy, and rich. The false gospel says you can know God's for you if everything's going well. It's called the prosperity gospel. But that's not how we know. The sign that God is for us is not that we get the grades or the job or the partner or the raise. The thing that shows us that God is for us is found in Romans 8, verse 32. It's that God did not spare his own son. We'll come back to that in a minute. But just to make the point that God is for us, even when life is falling apart, we see that in Psalm 56. If you open up that psalm, if you can, if you've got it there, if you can open it up, um, it starts off with, with telling us that David is in a terrible position. He's in Gath, he's in the the capital city of his enemies, the Philistines, and he's been taken prisoner there. This is a terrible situation that David is in. And things are not going well for David at all. In verse 1, he writes that men hotly pursue me. Now, if David was a woman, perhaps looking for a partner, this would be good news. You know, men are hotly pursuing me, it sounds great. But he's not. He's on the run from men who want to kill him. Things are not going well. Verse 2, he's being slandered. Verse 5, he's having his words twisted and people are plotting all day long how to kill him. Verse 6, people are watching his steps, eager to take his life. He's not being paranoid. It's really happening. And yet, what does he say in the midst of all of this going wrong? He says, verse 9, but this I know, God is for me. David is able to say, in the most difficult time of his life, that God is for him. And even if we're going through the most difficult time of our life, we can say for sure that God is for us. Because this, God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. Friends, this morning, if you doubt that God is for you, This morning, if you question that, this morning, if you're struggling to believe that, there is only one place you need to look. And that's to your cross outside Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Because on that cross, you will see God the Father letting God the Son die for you. On that cross, you will see the Father letting his Son die for you. That's a God who's for you, right? On the cross, God let Jesus 
the bread of life hunger that you might be filled. He let the fountain of life go thirsty that you might be satisfied. He let Jesus, the truth, be wrongly accused that you might be declared righteous. He let Jesus, the healer, be wounded that you might be restored. He let Jesus, the very source of life, die that you might have life, life in its fullness and life for eternity. God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us. Again, folks, I think we are too familiar with this. Too familiar. But if you let that sink in, it is just mind-boggling. The sign that God is for you, the, the, the proof that God is for you, was his son hanging there for you. This morning, I want you to leave here really assured that God is for you. And I want you to remember that the proof of the pudding is the cross of Christ. That is the proof. That's the evidence. If you remember nothing else this morning, remember that. When you doubt, when you question, when you're not sure, look to the cross and remember that God did not spare his son, but gave him for you. Now, that's the first part of the question that Paul asks in Romans chapter 8. But there's a second part. He says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we sit here this morning and we think, do you know what, Marty? I don't get that because everybody's against me. And it feels like everything is against me. Marty, you've no idea. My life, it just feels like everything is going wrong. Everything's falling apart. It feels like there's people against me. I feel like the enemy of God, Satan, is against me. I feel like I'm under attack in many ways. Marty, I listened to that question, if God is for me, who can be against me? And my answer is, everybody seems to be against me. What am I supposed to do with this, Marty? What does Paul mean by this, Marty? Well, what Paul doesn't mean is that things aren't going to be against you or people aren't going to be against you or the enemy isn't going to be against you. Paul is not saying that you're not going to face opposition. That's not what he's saying here. David faced opposition. The apostle Paul himself faced opposition. He was beaten. He was lashed. He was shipwrecked. Everything went wrong for him. Jesus Christ himself faced opposition. People were against him. So what Paul isn't saying here is that if God is for you, no one's going to be against you and life is going to be fine. What Paul is getting at here is that ultimately when people oppose you, when things go wrong, when Satan opposes you, ultimately God's plan for you will not be thwarted. It's that no matter what Satan or others throw at you, no matter what life throws at you, God is going to accomplish his purpose and plans for you. And we saw that earlier in the reading, didn't we? God works all things for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purposes, that they might be conformed to the image of Christ. Folks, if you're going through something just now and it's horrible and it's difficult and it's it's awful and you feel opposed by people or by Satan or by your circumstances. If you feel like your life is falling apart, know that God is for you, but also know this, God's plan for you will prosper. God's plan for you will not be thwarted. His plan to make you more like Christ, 
it will be accomplished and his plan ultimately to bring you to glory will not be thwarted. God will work out his plans and his purposes and these problems and this opposition, it won't be able to pluck you from his hand. I want to finish by asking quite a challenging question. God is for us. He's going to work out his plans for us regardless of what we face. But here is the question I want to ask you. Are we for God? Are we for him? God is for us, but are we for him just now in the midst of life? Again, when we look back at Psalm 56, it's incredible what David does. He's been captured by the Philistines. It's all going wrong. His life is in danger. He's being slandered. He's have people looking out to kill him. And yet, what does he do? A number of things. Verse three, he says, when I'm afraid, I will trust you. David knows God is for him. And so he trusts God. He says, I'm for you, God. I know you're for me and this is difficult and I am for you. I'm trusting you. I'm going to trust you in this time. And then verse 4 and again later on he says, In God whose word I praise. God, I'm struggling just now, but I'm going to praise your word. I'm going to believe what you say to me. I'm going to believe your promises. I'm going to believe what you say about yourself in the scriptures. Verse 9, God, I'm struggling, but I will call to you for help. I'll look to you for help in this time. And then he goes on and he says, I'll present my thank offerings to you, God, even though this is awful and difficult. I know you're for me and I'm going to thank you in the midst of this for the glimpses of your goodness that I experience. Sometimes in the, the most difficult times of life, we have the God paranoia, is God for me? The answer is yes, he is. But let me say, what will help you in these difficult times is not to live with that paranoia, but instead to be for God. This morning, if you're struggling, this morning, if you're going through a hard time, God is for you. And I want to encourage you not to forget him and not to forsake him, but to be like David did. Call out to him, seek his help, trust him, praise him, thank him. Look to him, the God who is for you. I hope you're leaving this morning with those words ringing in your ear. God is for you. 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 Have you got it? God is for you. You're not going to forget it. God is for you. You got it? Yeah. Well, let's pray to the God who's for us. Lord God, you know that we do live with the paranoia, questioning and wondering whether you really are for us. Father, for those of us just now who are going through real difficult things and, and are living with that paranoia, would you give us faith to believe your word? What it says in black and white, that you are a God who is for us right now. And Lord, when we doubt that, when we question that because of our sin or because of our circumstances, would you help us to look to the cross and to see your son hanging there and to remember that the proof you're for us is that you did not spare your own son, but gave him up for us. Lord, I pray you would move us this morning. I pray that you would stir our hearts this morning. 
I pray that you would tattoo these words on our minds forever. And that through our lives, they would be a source of comfort and help and strength. Let us never forget that you're the God who is for us at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.